the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. We've been studying Romans 12, and verses 9 through 23 are all about the way the new creation should behave. They're all about how the new creation should live. We know this, that being in the plan of God allows us to rest. It allows us to quit trying to take responsibility and ownership of our circumstances. And it allows us to recognize that our God is bigger than our circumstances. Yes, we make decisions every day, and not all of them are good. But we know this, that all things work together for good for those of us who know him and are called according to his purpose. The purpose that he has for you is to expand you in the life that is within you. To expand you in the truth that is within you. Some of you wonder why you've been on the planet as long as you have. or Why you're on the planet now. That's because God is taking every moment. If you're you're alive, if you're drawing air, that moment has a purpose of expanding you in what you are in Christ giving you a greater and higher revelation of the truth within you. That's the purpose of you being here. Otherwise, we'd get saved and go straight to heaven and all be done, right? Some of you would prefer that. But God believes this is what is best. Now, as I was saying earlier, the, the Holy Spirit through Paul has been teaching us what the character of Christ looks like and how the Christian or new creation is equipped to behave. How we are equipped to behave. Not how we are to try to behave, but how we're literally equipped. What he's put in us. In chapter 12, particularly in those verses 9 through 21, we are told to behave in accordance with our new nature. We are told to love unconditionally. Cling to what is good. Bless those who persecute us. Be at peace with all men. And we're never, ever to take revenge or avenge ourselves in any way. Now, those are just a few things that Paul describes as our natural behavior, the natural behavior of a Christian. But these commands are not imposed on us. 
They are to be exposed through us by the character and life of Christ that is within us. And the flesh cannot do a single one. The flesh cannot do a single one. It can try to mimic it, like the Pharaoh's magicians tried to mimic the turning of the cane into a snake, but it'll never accomplish it. Now, you're looking at me and you're thinking, what in the world has this got to do with governments? Well, the first thing it has to do with governments is recognizing that the behavior that God expects towards those governments or those authorities that we have in place is something that cannot be done by flesh. We cannot honor the government the way God has called us to honor and subject is the word he uses, subject ourselves to the government apart from the Spirit of God. We just can't do it. Secondly, we got to recognize that we're in the plan of God, which speaks to the sovereignty of God. And he makes it very clear that there is not a single entity in place that is not in place because he allowed it to be there. Now, that's true of all creation, all temporal creation. The leaf falls and withers at God's design. We take our next breath at God's design. We don't live a day past what God has put before us. The truth is that he holds it all together by the word of his power. Even creation knows this. You know that creation is diminishing because of sin. God cursed the whole world, didn't he? Creation is diminishing because of sin. That's why we have decay. That's why we have rot. That's why these bodies are passing away. Because of sin. That is also why the Bible makes it very clear that creation is anxiously awaiting Christ's remake, his return. Now, if creation is anxiously awaiting it, then the creation recognizes that there will, be, there will come a time when what is not completely right will be completely right by the word and the will of God. We're in the plan of God, but the world is cursed in sin. We're in the plan of God as we are underneath certain governments, but those governments are ruled by men of flesh. And that makes them inherently flawed. Yet God says to honor them. We live under the sovereignty of God. And that brings us to where we are in chapter 13. We spend a great deal of time here affirming who we are as a new creation. Now it's important to understand how the new creation relates to the world. And that's why Paul has set this forward for us. I'll start with John 14, 6. Where Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And what that means to us is that there is a life in us that is true, and he is the way that we live it. Now that's important as we look at these verses ahead in Romans 13. Romans 13, verses 1 through 7. Let every person be loyal subject to the governing civil authorities. For there is no authority except from God by his permission, his sanction. And those that exist do so by God's appointment. Therefore, he who resists and sets himself up against the authorities resists what God has appointed and arranged in divine order. And those who resist will bring down judgment upon themselves, receiving the penalty due them. 
For civil authorities are not a terror to people of good conduct, but to those of bad behavior. Would you have no dread of him who is an authority? Then do what is right, and you will receive his approval and commendation. For he is God's servant for you. But if you do wrong, you should dread him and be afraid. For he does not bear and wear the sword for nothing. He is God's servant to execute wrath, punishment, vengeance on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be subject not only to avoid God's wrath and escape punishment, but also as a matter of principle and for the sake of conscience. For this same reason you pay taxes. For the civil authorities are official servants under God, devoting themselves to attending to this very service. Render to all men their dues. Pay taxes to whom taxes are due. Revenue to whom revenue is due. Respect to whom respect is due. And honor to whom honor is due. That's verses 1 through 7. And you might say to me, well, that doesn't sound very spiritual. Well, we are spiritual. We're not becoming spiritual. We're not going to be spiritual. If you're a child of God, you are spiritual. Well, what does that mean? That means that everything that touches your life has its purpose in the spiritual. These verses are spiritual. We are, as I said, in the plan of God, and the purpose of God is to expand us in truth. 1 Samuel 8, 6 says, But it displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to govern us. And Samuel prayed to the Lord. We, the people, are the ones that called for the rule of man. And God has given us government. As I said earlier, the rule of man is inherently flawed because flesh is flesh, and flesh cannot love a neighbor, much less love an enemy. So we need a government to protect us from both. The price of justice is often paid by liberty. We see that today. The Bible does not tell us that all nations will forsake God except for the United States. So we recognize that the deterioration of what we believe was a good, solid government, foundations of which this country was founded, we recognize that that is all part of man's continued downhill fall towards destruction. And that's what's going on today. Everything that is erected by man will deteriorate. It will continue to fail. This section concerning the governing authorities has never been more relevant than it is now, particularly with our society the way it is. We're seeing the fabric of our system of government being shredded before our eyes. Now, the question is, and this is what Paul's addressing, how does the Christian respond to the erosion of religious freedoms? How does the Christian respond to that? How does the Christian conduct himself under an increasingly hostile and invasive government? Now, these are questions that Paul is addressing with the fellowship in Rome. Verse 13, we just read, let Every person be loyal subject to the governing civil authorities. Notice he doesn't give you any out there. It's every person and not just subject, but loyal, loyally subject to the governing civil authorities. Now, understand the context of why Paul's going this direction. First of all, there is not a group of people that hasn't encountered some form of government. As men, 
we gather together and we typically establish some form of government. That is the way of man. And every government that is established by man will fail at some point. It will degenerate. The Jews of the Roman Empire, the sect that Paul had belonged to, were troublesome. They were rebellious. They were known as troublemakers. Many of the Jews believed to submit to a Gentile leader or governor was idolatry. And that is why they sought to trap Jesus with the question, Is it lawful, lawful to give tribute to Caesar? Well, during the reign of the Roman Emperor Claudius, many of the Jews were expelled out of Rome. And even though at the time this letter was written, many had returned, there was still a great deal of hostility between the Jews and the Romans. Now, we know that this particular fellowship, this Roman fellowship, was comprised primarily of Gentiles, but there were Jewish members. And that is part of what is concerning Paul. Paul has been talking about them being a new creation in Christ, belonging to the kingdom of God. He's been encouraging them to live out of the truth that they are not of this world. But he does not want to give room for a flesh-centered anti-government agenda. Paul does not endorse one form of government over another. Why? Because this is not about politics. It really isn't about politics. Paul doesn't give any wiggle room. He says, let every person, every person be loyally subject to the governing authorities. That's a present tense imperative command calling for continual obedience. Now, that's a tough one for Americans, particularly, my, my wife said earlier. And while we are allowed legal protests under law, Christians are not given the freedom to undermine the law or break the law. Even our criticism must be tempered so that the office and the authority of the governing power is respected. We are allowed disobedience to the law when the law, when we are compelled by law to sin or to break the law of God. That is when we are compelled to disobedience. But this has to do with the spiritual aspect of who we are. That's a tough one. Because as, as an American, I grew up with a lot of rights. A lot of freedoms, a lot of liberties that I really hold dear. And I watch as the government begins to pull back and take these things from us bit by bit. And it does. It, inv it invokes a desire in you to get up and just fight, you know, to, to rebel. But you know what? Scripture doesn't give us room here for that. It gives us room to rebel against authorities that would command us or commend us to sin against God. But it does not give us room to rebel over what we believe are our rights. We're allowed that disobedience. It is also important to note that the insanely wicked emperor Nero was in power when Paul wrote this. Now, that would be a hard authority to live under. Fox's Book of Martyrs describes the scene as follows. In AD 67, Nero ordered the burning of Rome. The fire lasted nine days, and when the blame turned to Nero, Nero blamed the Christians. And Nero came at the Christians with a new vengeance. 
Nero contrived all manner of punishments for the Christian that the most, with the most infernal imagination imaginable. In particular, he had some sewed up in skins of wild beasts, and then they were attacked by dogs until they expired. And others, dressed in shirts made stiff with wax, were fixed to stakes so, and set on fires in his garden in order to illuminate them. This was the persecution that was general throughout the whole of the Roman Empire. Later, Paul was imprisoned and finally executed by Nero, as was Peter. But he never counseled or supported rebellion or anarchy. Why are we to subject ourselves to a government that we don't agree with, that may be wicked or oppressive? Well, he answers that in the bottom half of the verse. For there is no authority except from God by his permission, his sanction, and those that exist do so by God's appointment. This is God requiring us to live to a higher reality. We are to be subject and respectful towards our governing authorities because we are not of this world. We are to live as if we are in a different country and yield to those laws and customs that do not violate our faith. We are to live to the truth that no power on earth can remove us from the kingdom of God. We're not threatened. We see everything that comes towards us as coming from his hand. You see, the higher reality is that we are not of this world. Jesus laid his life down. Was it just? No. Paul laid his life down. Was it just? No. Peter laid his life down. Was it just? No. Philip stood there and allowed him to stone him to death. Was it just? No. Daniel, thrown into the lion's den. Was it just? No. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, thrown into the furnace. Was it just? No. You can read story after story after story. David proclaimed king, given the throne, was forced to hide in caves, dwell in the wilderness, yet he would not allow his men to strike Saul down. Was it just? No. Yet, it was the plan of God. If you can't see the picture that we live to a higher authority, our allegiance is to God first. We don't live to man and we don't live to governments. We live to God. So if we count ourselves as flesh, we've got lots to fight over. If we count ourselves as just citizens of the United States, we've got lots to fight over. If we count ourselves as just men and women, we've got lots to fight over. But if we see ourselves as children of God in the plan of God, we recognize that only when God himself moves us forward do we go forward. The fight is his. The fight is always his. The war is always his, and it's already been won. Well, that's tough to swallow. As I said in the beginning, we, we have difficulty getting along with our neighbor. Can we really accept a government that is hostile towards the very things that we believe. He's not saying that we don't protest. He's not saying that we don't vote. He's not saying that we don't have a right to make 
judgments concerning what is right and wrong. What he is saying is that we recognize it. You say, well, it says here that God allowed that government. It says here that God put that, that only a ruler can only be in place if God allows it. It says that very clearly. But God is not saying to you as Christians, he's not saying, it's that way because I said so. Now, that's true. But that's not his emphasis. His emphasis is that we recognize who we are so that we can live in the freedom of who we are and not in the oppression that the flesh lives under because its whole life is wrapped up in this temporal world. You see, Paul, Stephen, Peter, all of them went gladly into persecution because they knew that what they were going through wasn't taking life from them. This world won't take life from us. They lived to a different paradigm. They lived to a higher calling. We live to the truth, and no power can remove us from the kingdom of God. We honor God by yielding. Verses 2 and 3, Therefore, he who resists and sets himself up against the authorities resists what God has appointed. And arranged in divine order. You see, there's purpose, there's order to the way God has done things. And those who resist will bring down judgment upon themselves, receiving the penalty due them. For civil authorities are not a terror to people of good conduct, but to those of bad behavior. Would you have no dread of him who is an authority? Then do what is right, and you will receive his approval and commendation. Again, the Christian has the right to resist the government when the rule of law compels us to sin, but only then. Acts 5.29 gives testimony of Peter's words and the apostles, which replied, we must obey God rather than men at that point. And Paul is not teaching blind obedience, but recognition of God and his sovereignty and the placement of authority. Are we, in fact, under the rule of man or under the rule of God? That's the question. We are to subject ourselves to the authority God has placed over us. But our subjection is a matter of obedience to God first. I subject myself to the authority above me. I am loyal and subject to the authority above me in obedience to God, in absolute truth of who I am as as a child of God. I am yielded in that way. Now, I haven't always, and I am very guilty of not honoring the authority. Well, you know why? Well, as my wife said, we listen to talk radio. And they're constantly going on and on about how they're tearing down this and how they're, they're threatening this and how this is going to fall apart. And if we don't do this, this is going to, going to absolutely uh, kill our freedom. If we don't do this, our country is going to do, you know, fall apart. We it's going on and on and on. And while I understand that there's some relevance to all those things, I recognize that all I can do is go vote or maybe write a letter. That's about it. Unless God empowers me to do more. And there are voices that God is empowered to speak and he's using them. But I want to tell you, the tide comes in only as fast as God calls it. And attrition only happens as quick as God calls it. This country is not going to fall apart until God's plan says, now. I don't care who's running it. That's the truth of it. Now, what am I to do? 
Why does talk, radio, and all these things frustrate? Because they put the onus on you to make a change. It's all about what you can do or what you should do or what you should have done. Listen, I'm not denying there are things that we should do as a matter of legal protest. But I am saying that this government does not rise or fall because of you. And if you take that on as your responsibility, as you take that on as being your, your burden to bear, you will fall underneath it because you have just stepped into God's shoes. That's the reality of it. I'm not going to. I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to follow God's law. I'm going to follow His Spirit within me. I'm going to walk in the truth. But I'm going to have my eyes on Him. I'm going to recognize that I belong to the kingdom of God. That I am a citizen of the life of Christ. That my life is kept and absolutely determined in the plan of God. I do not, I do not shape my destiny. And man does not either. Neither does the government. I can walk in that peace when I'm yielded to Him. I can walk in that truth when I recognize who I am in Him. Thank you for joining Pastor Todd Granger for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation. Rest in His life moment by moment and receive from his life all that you need to show Christ in this world. If you'd like to know more, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And you're invited to join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If you'd like to help support this ministry, send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. And finally, this coming week, our hope is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you. And remember, wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.